Lord, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And we honor you today. We acknowledge that there is none beside you. There is no one like you. There is none to be compared to you. You stand alone. We acknowledge you this morning as the only true and living God. We ascribe glory to no other. We worship no other. We praise no other. We give honor to no one else but you. You are worthy. You are deserving. And we thank you for the privilege that you have given us to communicate with you at any time, in any place. Here we are this morning, God, in your house. On this, the last day of this year, you have kept us. You have watched over us. You have provided for us. We are a blessed people. And for that, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. Our hearts are grateful because of who you are. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we give you honor. Hallelujah. Stand together with me this morning. This is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. This is a wonderful day. And uh, we just want to give God all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. For what he has been doing and what he will continue to do. As we are on the threshold of a new year. God has been faithful to us. And we have much to give him thanks. I don't know about you, but I have a lot to give him thanks. So anybody else? We give him thanks. Amen. We give him the praise and the glory and the honor because it's all about him. And when you understand, when you get a grasp of it, you realize it is all him. Amen. So we're going to go into worship him this morning. And as we worship him, he says he wants to worship us that will worship him in spirit and in truth. So let's give him all that he's worthy and deserve him. Let's welcome the worship team as they come to lead us in his presence. Praise the Lord. Praise the, Lord. Praise the Lord. Are we excited? Amen. Hallelujah. It's December 31, 2017. Ah, listen, I don't know about you, but I'm excited. God's grace has kept us. We are in our right mind. And we are in the house of the Lord. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. This morning, the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Grayson. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Good morning. Good morning. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody expecting great things this morning? Anybody expecting great things? I, list, I was listening to Pastor Simmons last week and he was talking about something beautiful. Y'all remember that? And we are expecting something beautiful. God did it before and he could do it again. So we want to teach you a simple song this morning. It's called Great Things. I promise it's simple. All right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. God, we expect great things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we go into 2018, God, we're believing you, God. We're trusting you, Father. Thank you, God. Oh, I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting great things. Oh, I'm expecting great things. That's it. Great things. Can you all help me sing it? Oh, I'm expecting great things. Sing it again. Sing. I'm expecting great things. Oh, I'm expecting great things. Hey, hallelujah. Great things in my life. Oh, in my Choose to believe in great things. 
and grave. Oh, say again, sing. I'm expecting. Come on, it's a chant. We're going to chant it this morning. I'm expecting. Hallelujah. Great things. Hallelujah. 
haven't seen. Eyes haven't seen. Hallelujah. Eyes haven't seen. We choose to believe this morning. We choose to believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let our faith rise in you this morning. Let our confidence rise in you this morning. In my life. In my life. You do great In my home. In my home. In my home. You do great. You do great. All around, all around. All around. Yes. Doing great. Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen. I choose to believe. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, can somebody just say Jesus? Come on, come on, call his name this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a beautiful name. What a powerful name. When we call that name, things happen. Things change when we call the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The enemy has to flee when we call the name of Jesus. God makes a way when we call the name of Jesus. The healer shows up when we call the name of Jesus. The deliverer shows up when we call his name. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Come on, Larry. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful name it is, 
the name of Jesus. Verse 2, you didn't want. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. My sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us? What could separate us? What a beautiful name. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Oh, the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The veil tore before you. You silenced the most of sin and grave. The heavens are all, yes, the praise of your glory. For you are raised to life. You have no rival. You have no rival. You have no
Jesus. What a powerful name. My Jesus. Hallelujah. What a wonderful name. My Jesus. My Jesus. My Jesus. My Jesus. My Jesus. God, we worship you this morning. God, we give you glory. The heavens are roaring the praise of your glory. Hallelujah. God, we praise you. We honor you. We worship you. We exalt you, God. We lift you up. We magnify you. For your name is great and greatly to be praised. There is none like unto you, God. We open up our mouths this morning and we bless you. We bless you, God. We give you glory. We give you glory, God. We give you all the honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For you are good. For you are kind. For you are faithful. For you are marvelous. And we worship you this morning. Hallelujah. We bow down in your presence, God. God, we're here to say that you are God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're together lovely all together worthy 
Hallelujah. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Christ, my King. Let's focus on that. What a beautiful name it is. Just let His Spirit sweep over you this morning. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. 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 Jesus, 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 what a beautiful name it is, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus, there's something about that name. There's something precious about that name. There's something special about that name. Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning for the privilege we have to be in your house. Thank you for the opportunity to call on you. To lift up our voices in praise and adoration and exaltation. Because indeed, what a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name that you gave him. A son of God. Jesus. This morning, Lord, we ask you to breathe afresh upon us. We ask you to breathe afresh upon every individual. Those that are here and those watching us by the world wide web. May they sense your very presence this morning. May your mighty hand be upon each one. We pray this morning for those that need your healing touch. We want to remember Brother Herb in the hospital. Sister Stone. Those at home that need your healing touch, Brother Archer, and others this morning that need a miracle from God. We ask for your divine intervention. You are still our Jehovah Rapha, the great healer. You are still the great physician. You are still the balm in Gilead. It is to you that we look this morning and depend and trust. We cry out to thee, O oh God. Remember your people this morning. We ask you to remember those who have lost their loved ones. Remember Sister Taylor. To comfort and to strengthen their family, oh God. Stand with them today, Father. 
Let them know that you are right there. You're just a prayer away. May they feel your everlasting arms around them, enfolding them and upholding them. We pray this morning in the name of Jesus for every household represented. You know the needs in every household today. And what a wonderful thing that you, your resources are not limited. But you're able to help every single individual. Every single household can be touched and ministered to this morning. And your resources are still abundant after that. We give you thanks for that this morning, God. We give you praise for that this morning, God. We give you glory for that this morning, God. We exalt you for that this morning. Because your resources are unlimited. Hallelujah. Only God. So we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your loving kindness, which is better than life. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for watching over us and for keeping us. We thank you for all in our steps and leading us. We give you thanks for your provision. We give you thanks, God. Every day we give you thanks. And today we want to give you thanks even more. As we come to the end of a year, we say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. And we bless your holy name. And we praise your holy name. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing right now. And thank you for what you're going to do. Because you're the God who did deliver. Doth deliver and shall yet deliver. Somebody this morning need that breakthrough God. May you show them the way. May you teach them the way. Somebody need this morning a turnaround in a situation. You are the turnaround God. You are the God of the turnaround. Hallelujah. You can turn things around. In a moment, you can change things. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your mighty power. Thank you for your awesome power. Thank you for your deliverance power. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your saving power. Even today, may you touch lives and change lives and transform lives. For the glory of God and the praise of your holy name. We give you thanks God for hearing us and answering. And we bless your name this morning. For we ask it in that name that is above every other name. We ask it in the name of Jesus. 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 In that name, what a beautiful name it is. Thank you, Jesus. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand this morning. Give Jesus a big hand. Thank you, worship team. Hallelujah. You may be seated as you are seated. Would you scoot down towards the middle? Leave the end seats. There are others coming in so that they'll just slip into the end seats. If you scoot down, then they'll just find a seat right at the end, right there. So if you scoot in, they all be, there's enough seat for everyone. We just want you to scoot in so the others don't have to pass through. They just come and get to the end. 
All right. Praise God. Thank you for being so cooperative. Appreciate that this morning. Hallelujah. We serve an awesome God. Amen. He is awesome. He is precious. He is faithful. It is a blessing to still be alive on this morning. Did you know that? So many have missed today. Visiting a cousin in the hospital yesterday told me that in his church there is this couple that was preparing to bury their daughter. And the wife went out to do something and when she came back she found the husband dead. So it is a, it's a wonderful thing to be alive this morning. To give God praise. To give God glory. Give him praise. Give him glory. Be, be thankful. So many times we take it for granted. As if it had to be so. But God. But for the mercies of God. But for the grace of God. Amen. So we give him thanks. And we give him praise. And we give him glory. I want to make a couple of announcements this morning before I welcome those who are here for the first time. Because we still have others coming in. So, may those ushers, there's a bunch of seats on the east side. Uh, so, you can do that. There's also some on the west side. And there's a lot of seats up front. So, <laughs> so, you know there's seats available. Amen. All right. Well, tonight is going to be a great night, amen? It is what we call a watch night service. And if you don't call it watch night, you want to call it New Year's Eve for those who are new. <laughs> the newer ones call it New Year's Eve. The older ones of us call it watch night service, amen? And so we're going to watch the night go by and we've come into a new year. And so it's going to be an awesome time. It's also a water baptismal night. We're going to have... If you've not been water baptized, there's still a sign-up sheet on the outside that you can sign up to be a part of that and be water baptized tonight and to start the new year in a right way. Here is the opportunity tonight. So invite a friend. Uh, we're going to have a great time. It's at 9 p.m. tonight. We start at 9 p.m. And uh, we're going to be having a wonderful time in the presence of God with a number of things that will be done. And uh, the presence of the Lord, most of all, will be here with us. Now, uh, you want to look to keep your schedule because on there is going to be the 21 days of prayer that we begin on January 1st, which is tomorrow. We begin our 21 days of prayer. And then of co corporate days of prayer. You see those corporate days there? You want to make note of those. And then the days of fasting. You want to observe those as well. And it's a, type, it's a Daniel fast. In other words, a Daniel fast, if you want to know what it is very quickly, a Daniel fast is... Easy to remember, it's no bread, meat, or sweet. So easy to remember. No bread, meat, or sweet. Can you say that? No bread, meat, or sweet. So easy it is. So you can get a Daniel fast easy. You don't have to worry about it. Now, um, so you think about that, and uh, I don't know about you, but a lot, fasting is a very important thing, uh, and it, it breaks the power of the enemy, and it brings a lot of victory in our lives. And then God gives us the added benefit of helping many of us after the holidays. 
There's an added benefit, right? You know what we're talking about. A lot of us need it after the holidays. Amen? Yeah, but that's the added benefit. But the blessing about it is that it breaks the power of the enemy. If you can't get victory over something, then you want to fast. and That will give you the victory that you need. The power of fasting and prayer. And so you want to be able to focus on that. And uh, we're going to be fasting those days. Now also you see there, we have our first fruits offering. We're going to have our solemn assembly on the 21st of January. That's when we have our solemn assembly. That's going to be a one good service from 9 till 3 p.m. Those of you who have never been in one of those, you don't ever want to miss that. We have people calling from out of town asking us to... We had people calling us in October to make sure they make reservation for that day. A lot of out-of-town people from who passed, people who have gone to other places, they want to come back for solemn assembly. They remember those services and what God does in those services. And so we are expecting an awesome service. Uh, 9 to 3, uh, solemn assembly is going to be on Sunday the 21st. And it's the same day we're going to receive our first fruits offering. And you'll hear more about that, but we talk about that probably most likely on next Sunday. All right. So those are the primary things. We want to take time to welcome our first-time guests. And uh, the ushers have in their hands some packets that they'll be giving you. And uh, so if you're visiting us for the very first time, we want to give you a living word open Bible welcome. So will you stand so we can give you, we want to see who you are. First-time guests. Anybody for the first time? Don't be shy. Okay, let's give them a big living word open Bible. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, before you receive it, you receive the welcome packet. And uh, you want to, as you receive the packet, you may be seated. And then in, if you'll open the packet right now, now is the best time to open the packet. You'll find there a card, which we call a connection card. And we want you to complete it and check the appropriate boxes. And you get an opportunity to drop it in the offering bucket when it passes by later this morning. All right. If you're a second or third time, wave at me. Second or third timer. We want to give you, we also have a card for you as well. Anybody for a second or third time? All right, over there. All right, let's welcome the person. Let's welcome them. Okay, over there. Praise God. Good to have you with us again. Welcome back. And uh, you also get a card. And uh, you want to give me more information about the church or a follow-up. You get the opportunity to check the box. And, of course, we will contact you. And we'll follow up with whatever you check. And you put that in the offering bucket when it passes by later this morning as well. Now, there's no church services on Tuesday, which is the 2nd of January. We don't have any church services this Tuesday coming. But everything resumes. Uh, the office resumes back again on the 3rd. And uh, everything starts back new from the 3rd on. We're back on our regular schedule. So just want you to be aware of that. So we're back on the So that means that uh, next Sunday, we have two services. That's what that means. Next Sunday morning, we'll have two services, or 8 and 11. Today, because we have the watch night service, we sort of combine them and we give you time between the services so that you'll be able to recover and come back for a great time tonight. I think Sister Lisa has an announcement, and so we're going to ask her to come at this time so she can make an additional announcement, which is very important. Let's welcome Sister Lisa. Lisa Jean-Baptiste. Thank you. Morning, everybody. Morning, family. How are you? Good. It is the last day of 2017, 
And I know many of you are putting together your New Year's resolutions and things all you all plan to do. We have one more thing that we want you to do, and that is to make sure you bring your children out every Sunday between 10 and 11 o'clock. It is not just that they get the word for Sunday school, but we also do the children's choir. So please, we're asking you, 8 o'clock people, don't leave after church. Please stay. Have your kids stay. They're not starving. They got something to eat. So you can stay for just a little bit longer. 11 o'clock people, if you come by 10, we know that you'll be early for church. You'll be on time. You won't ever be late, right? So it's a win-win for everybody. The children have a good time. They pull their talents out and do something for the Lord. So please bring them out every Sunday, 10 to 11 o'clock, Sunday school, as well as children's choir. Thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you. On that note, also, while we're talking about the Bible classes, we want to remind the teachers and, uh, th that there is a teacher training on January 20th. It's a Saturday. Saturday morning, begin at 9 a.m. in the original sanctuary. Want to make a note of that? There will be teacher training. And uh, so if you're a teacher for the Bible classes on Sunday between 10 and 11, then we need you to be there. And if you've signed up, if you signed up for a Bible class, remember the volunteers that were signed up? Then you want to see Sister Hayden. She would like to meet you after the service this morning for a brief moment in the mother's room at the back. So if you signed up for one of the Bible classes, many of you did sign up, several of you signed up. Uh, if you're, please just see Sister Hayden for a brief moment in the mother's room after the service. But the training, which is so critical, is on January the 20th at 9 a.m. in the original sanctuary. So please mark your calendars with that. We'll send you some more information to remind you but we want you to be aware of that from now. All right. I see Deacon Brown has some, uh, some announcement here. So let's see. Okay. I think, um, oh, yes, the, the ladies want to, there's a fundraiser for missions. And uh, this, they want to remind me that there's a fundraiser for missions tonight after the uh, watch night service. Guess what? You're going to be hungry. Did you know that? So tonight after the wash night service, they're going to have some refreshments that you'll be able to participate in, and the money's going towards mission. They're going to have fish and other things available that you'll be able to participate in. And so uh, don't miss out on that. They want me to remind you. I guess they want you to bring an extra offering in order or extra amount of money so that you can participate in that very special fundraiser for missions. All right, those are the announcements that we want to make for you tonight, this morning. <laughs> I've been going all night in different ways. Um, so I don't know when is morning from night. Um, so I'm still in um, that mode, you know what I mean? Uh, so I'm going all, all the time. But it is morning, amen? And it is 9.47 a.m. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I'll remind myself about that later on. Praise the Lord. So what we're going to do right now is that we're going to get our Bibles out. And I'm going to turn to a passage of scripture that I'd like to read for us this morning. I'd like us to turn in our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 13. First Samuel chapter 13, 
And I want to read a passage of scripture, and then we're going to go over to chapter 14. I'm going to read a portion of 1 Samuel chapter 13, beginning at verse uh, 5. And then when I switch, I'll tell you, we'll go over to chapter 14 from verse 1. And I want you to get the, the background of what we're going to be talking about this morning. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, it says, Then the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen, and people as the sand, which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and encamped in Michmash, to the east of Beth-Avon. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed, then the people hid in caves, in tickets, in rocks, in holes, and in pits. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul... He was still in Gilgad, and all the people followed him, trembling. Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. And Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and the Philistines gathered together at Michmash, then I said, the Philistines will now come down to, on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Let's go over to chapter 14. And pick up the story. Now we know that they're there encamped. And we want to go with the chapter 14. Now it happened, verse 1. Now it happened one day that Jonathan the son of Saul said to the young man who bore his armor. Come, let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree which is in Migron. And the people who were with him were about 600 men. Ahijah, the son of Ahitub, Ichabab's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing an ephod. But the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of one was Bozes and the name of the other, Seneth. And the front of one faced north, northward toward Michmash, and the other southward opposite Gibeah. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. 
Go then, here I am with you, according to your heart. Then Jonathan said, very well, let us cross over to these men, and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, if they say thus to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say thus, come up to us and we will go up. For the Lord has delivered them into our hand. And this will be a sign to us. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us and we will show you something. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come after me. For the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up on hands and knees with his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan. And as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. The first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within about half an acre of land. And there was trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. The garrison and the raiders also trembled. And the earth quaked, so that it was a very great trembling. And now the watchmen of Saul in Gibeah Benjamin looked. And there was the multitude melting away, and they went here and there. Then Saul said to the people who were with him, Now call the roll and see who was gone from among us. And when they had called the roll, surprisingly, Jonathan and his armor bearer were not there. We'll stop there today for that read of scripture. And uh, we are going to look at the scripture in a little while, some more. But I wanted you to get the Hear it, because you're going to hear it again, so that you can get the story, and so that we can get the truths from there today. At this time, we're going to prepare our hearts to do what God has asked us to do, to bring the tithes and offering into the storehouse, and to get ready to give unto the Lord, and to give back off His own. The Word of God says, we own nothing. We are merely managers of what God has given us, and we are stewards and he has asked us to bring all the tithes and offerings to the storehouse. And he says, prove me now herewith if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room to contain it. So this morning as we give to the Lord, we want to remember we're giving off his own. As you get ready to give, this is also a great opportunity for you to make a last time tax tax deductible donation to the church towards ministry uh, this is a great time and uh, if you don't know the benefit of making the tax deduction with the charity to the church then you're going to miss out as well so maybe you're not maybe you don't have your, maybe you're not you maybe you've given your tithe already but you also want to benefit later on it's going to make a difference and I'll explain that to you sometime later how that works but just for now Know that some people have missed out because they didn't do as they should. But here's an opportunity for you to be blessed by God. So we're going to pray. And uh, I know they, these young men are praying that I don't ask them. So in, in keeping so that they will know that God answers prayer, I won't ask them. So let us pray. You see how rejoicing they are? Let us pray. Father, we thank you 
that you own everything. We acknowledge that you are the owner and we are just managers. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So everything that we give, God, is of your own. We give freely. We give willingly because God loves a cheerful giver. But Lord, there's an added benefit in that you've said, if we bring the tithes and offering to the storehouse, you have promised that you will open the windows of heaven and you will pour out blessings that we won't have room to contain them. And your blessings come in many different ways. It comes in protection. It comes in provision. It comes, Lord, in many ways on the job, in the home, keeping things safe, watching over us, blessing our home and family. Lord, there's so many ways that you bless us, and you bless us financially. There's so many ways. And for that, we give you thanks. And as we walk in obedience, that is what you bless. The fact that we are obeying you. The fact that we are doing what you said you, you've asked us to do. So bless your people today, God. We pray a very special blessing upon that one that need a job today. That you'll open the door for them. That they will be able to participate. To be able to be blessed in a way that they've never been blessed before. And for those who have jobs and are looking for the promotion, for that increase. We ask you, God, that you will give them that increase. Lord, do for them what only you can do. Bless your people. Bless each and every one here today. Bless those that are watching us that will do so online. We ask your blessing on them as well. For this we ask in Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen.
Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. Turn to the person on the right leg and tell them you're in the right place at the right time. They were in a very aggressive and warmongering people who for nearly 200 years harassed and oppressed the Israelites, often invading Israel's territory. The children of Israel simply could not deal with the overwhelming military might. Here they were again ready to invade Israel. They had assembled a massive army to invade Israel. Three 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen. And the Bible says, soldiers without number like the sand on the seashore. The force, they camped at Michmash, Saul's former headquarters. The men of Israel had no will to resist such a vast host. They began to desert the army. Many of the Israelites took refuge in rocks and caves and holes. They were terrified. They were fearful. They were frightened. They were trembling. Some even left their land and crossed the Jordan and went over to other territory. Because they saw no way out. Who were these people coming at them? The mighty Philistines. You see, the Philistines had some major achievements in the use of iron and innovation at the time that they were more advanced than the Israelites. And the Philistines deliberately and shrewdly kept Israel from learning metallurgy, the separating of metals and preparing them in use for how to sharpen tools and and by this way, they kept the Israelite army with very limited weapons. If they wanted to sharpen any sword or spears, they had to go down to the Philistines' cities, and they had to pay exorbitant prices. Hence, when we look at the passage that we looked at this morning, only Saul and Jonathan were the only ones that had sharpened spares. We want to take a look at this encounter, this particular encounter with the Philistines. The Israelites had had several encounters with them over the years, going back, as you heard, from time of Samson, if you remember that, where they harassed them for 40 years, and they periodical times they would harass the Israelites over and over. They had a history with them. And here they are again on their doorsteps with people without number. And the fact of the matter is that you heard that Saul was at Gilgal. And he had waited for Samuel to come to offer the sacrifice so that they could pray to God for victory over the Philistines. But when Samuel did not appear in the time frame that Saul thought he should, and the men heard, and the men knew of the magnitude of the enemy on the other side, they started deserting him. He became very fearful and afraid, so he decided he was going to take things into his own hands. 
And what he did was not what was expected of him. What he did was not appropriate for him. What he did was not what God had assigned the responsibility to him. And we can see that you can overstep your bounds with God. And you have to be very careful. Sometimes we think, well, why does us have to be just them? Why not me? And if you take things into your own hands, God does not ignore that. So the Bible tells us that Saul, the king, decided to offer sacrifice, which is not his right. It was the right of the priest. And he decided to offer the sacrifice because he was afraid that the people were drifting, the people were leaving him, and the Philistines were getting ready to invade. And he says, we have not asked God for help. I need to hurry up and do that. And so he took, he decided, and as soon as he finished, as soon as he was finished, Samuel appeared. You can be so close and yet so far. Timing is everything many times. And so as soon as he's finished, Saul appeared, Samuel appeared, and Samuel said, what have you done? He says, well, you know, the people are leaving, the people are scattering, everything was going on. I needed to talk to God, I needed to pray, I needed to ask God, so I did it. I, I, I was compelled, he said. You're never compelled to do the wrong thing. No one is compelled to do the wrong thing. But Saul says, I was compelled, so I offered the sacrifice. And Samuel immediately said to him, you did foolishly. He says, for now, guess what happened? This is what you just missed out on. Wow. We can miss out with God by just one action sometimes. I don't, you know, that's frightening many times. I mean, he says, from now God was going to establish your kingdom forever. It was going to be your family that would be established forever. But because you didn't do what God says, because you disobeyed him, God has looked for a man after his own heart. What does that mean? A man that will follow him. A man that will do what is in the heart of God. A man that will find out what God wants and will follow what God says. He says, for now, God has sought him a man, and he's going to replace you. Now, here is, the, here is an interesting thing about this that is very dangerous for us as leaders that we have to be very careful of. Did you realize that even after Samuel said that to him, the Bible tells us that Saul was 33 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years God still kept him in the position even though he had rejected him. Wow. You can be in position, but not in position with God. You can be in position with man, but not in position with God. You can have the title with man, but you do not have the respect of God. What a thing we have to be careful of. And so Saul was king for 40 years. Even after he did what he did. 
he was king for many, many years. And you know the story of how he, re he was replaced. Ultimately, uh, uh, ultimately, David was anointed to replace him. And you know that for many years he chased David. For many years Saul was still the king. And David, the anointed of God, who was supposed to replace him, was, became a fugitive. On the run. But he was God's man. Because i got to tell you something. To prepare you for a great job, God has to put you through great trials. And so part of what seems like unfair, how is it that God selected David, but then had him running like a fugitive, hiding many times, in danger many times, of Saul almost wanting to kill him so many times, escaping just by the skin of his teeth many times. What is wrong? Why is this so? Because God was training David to be the warrior and to fit the position for what he was calling him. And can I tell you, my friends, if everything is going easy, you're not being trained. If life is flowing for you just beautifully and nothing, and your boat is not rocking and the storm is not it's calm and there's, no, no, there's everything peaceful and quiet, you are not in training. When the boat gets rocky and the water is coming in and the boat looks like it's sinking, that's when you know you're being trained. Because you've got to learn to survive. Because you know what? Life is full of challenges. Every day there's a new challenge. Have you ever realized that? You're either going into a challenge or coming out of a challenge. But if your life is smooth and your life is flowing smoothly with nothing there to think about, everything is fine and cozy. You're in a lull. Here was Saul with 600 men. 600, when he finally counted who was left, there were 600 of them. All his men had deserted him except 600. And the enemy had people like the sand on the seashore. No way out. So the question becomes, what do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when your back is against the wall? What do you do when you face an impossible situation? What do you do when the storms of life comes raging in? What do you do when the business of the company that you're working with is becoming obsolete? Look at the odds. Thousands of Philistines already gathered at Michmash, and Saul is now left with only 600 men. And guess what? They are weaponless. The host of Israel is in a bad predicament. And what is King Saul doing? Do you know what Saul is doing right now? He's taking his ease under a pomegranate tree. That's exactly what not to do. So we're going to talk about what should you do? So let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you that your words are life unto those that find them. And literal medicine to our flesh. May you speak to us as only you can, God. We want to hear from you. We want to be led by your spirit. 
guided by you, directed by you. Today we ask that you would help us. Give us understanding. Teach us your truth. That we may grasp by the power of the Spirit and be able to apply to our lives because you want us to live life and to live it more abundantly. This we ask, Holy Spirit, I'm dependent on you completely. I'm relying on you. And I'm trusting in you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people say, sitting on the pomegranate tree, waiting for a sign or the circumstance to change. Saul took no action. He did not even consult God about the faith. You know, this is sometimes the hang-up of many people. We sit around in a horrible predicament, allowing the enemy to taunt us, waiting for a sign, waiting for some change, hoping for something to change, hoping that he will leave us. You know, the name Kodak may be familiar to some of you. Maybe the younger ones don't know Kodak's name, but most of us were familiar with the name Kodak. Kodak cameras, you remember them? Kodak films. Founded in 1888, Kodak dominated the photography market for over a century. Over a century, they dominated. In 1999, the company's revenue had topped to $21 billion. But within 10 years after that, the company was hemorrhaging cash, laying off thousands of employees, and selling off most of its valuable assets. And in 2012, listen to this, Kodak filed for bankruptcy. What went wrong? Well, you see, it was the start of digital cameras. And you added websites like Flickr and Facebook and combined them with smartphones. You know, it's amazing to think that did you know that the iPhone only came in in 2007? It looked like a long time, isn't it? 2007. That's when we got iPhones. And when you think about it, all of these things, by 2012, there were 120 million smartphones in the U.S. alone. Despite digital innovations of its own, Kodak, instead of making a change, bet the farm on film. Now here's the thing. When the digital revolution started, it hit everybody in the photography business. In 2000, Fujifilm was just as dependent as Kodak on film. But by 2013, the same year that Kodak eventually emerged out of bankruptcy, imaging was only 13% of Fuji's total revenue. Rather than depend on the film business, Fuji grew and innovated in different directions and thrived. Kodak, on the other hand, was afraid to make the change. Here's this. Despite the fact this is what is interesting. That the person to invent and to innovate the digital camera 
was a Kodak engineer. But they didn't even believe that there would be such a switch from the film to the digital, even though their engineer wrote a report and told them that they need to make the change. So they did nothing. They became complacent, betting on film. Why? Because things were going along well for a while with the film and things they were able to cope. And sometimes we can get in a rut and we get comfortable in the rut and we think the rut is okay until the storm comes and then we realize being in the rut is not the place we're supposed to be. So here is Kodak betting on film even though their own people inside us telling them, you got to go digital. And they took no action towards that. Fuji made the change and prospered. What am I saying to you? I'm saying that Kodak represents King Saul and his actions. And Fuji represents Jonathan and his actions. Because I want you to know what we just read this morning. That while we are focusing on Saul there, waiting under the pomegranate tree, his son Jonathan was with him. And Jonathan decided to do three things that I want to suggest to us this morning that's going to help you and I succeed in 2018. Because like it or not, we are going to face some storms. And what do you do when the storms come raging in? The first thing we notice that Jonathan did, and remember now, the odds are against them. Men without number. And Jonathan and his armor bearer, two men, the first thing he did was he had courage to take action. He developed courage to take action. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come let us go over to the outpost of the uncircumcised. And here's what he says, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. There was no certainty, but he was not just going to sit there and do nothing. He said, perhaps God will be with us. We're going to go over on the other side. And he took courage and go over. You see, somebody says courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the willingness to act in spite of my fear. And there was, there was no certainty here for Jonathan. It was a risk. But doing nothing was not a viable option. And I want to say to you what did Jonathan did was he acted, he did he was proactive, which is what often works best. If I just remain and take my ease, ignoring the situation around me, I never know the possibilities that will lie ahead. Therefore, I need to take action. Tell your neighbor it's time to take action. You remember the story of the four lepers in the time of Elisha? In the time of Elisha, there was a famine. For those who do not remember the story, there was a great famine, severe famine. People were killing individuals and eating human flesh. That's how bad it was. And God told Elisha to say, tomorrow there is going to be abundance. Tomorrow. 
one man said, oh, even if he opened the windows of heaven and pour it out from up there, that will never be in abundance tomorrow. And the prophet said to him, you will see it, but you will not partake of it. My friend, you got to be able to learn to believe God. That nothing is impossible with God. That he can change things in an instant. That he can turn around your situation in a moment. That he doesn't need forever to do it. And so what it is is that they said no. And so here we are, four lepers, the Bible tells us, sitting down somewhere, four lepers. And they said to themselves, you know what? If we sit here, we're going to die. If we go over there, they may kill us. So what do we have to lose? It is better to go there than to sit here. So they got up and they took action. And they went over there. And when they went over to the camp, lo and behold, they, they don't hear any sound. They, 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 they said, wait a minute. What is this? This must be a trap. They gingerly walked carefully through. And they looked and it's out of peak. And they don't see anybody. They don't hear. They moved from one camp, one, one, one hut, one hut to the next hut, to the next hut, to the next hut. And the place was empty. When they looked around, there was no one around. And every place was filled with goods everywhere. Because God had caused them to hear like a massive army coming. And the enemy had scattered and run away. And there was meal and flour and rice and everything to eat and bread and everything. Abundance. And they, they, they gathered as much for themselves. Is that interesting? And they hid theirs first. Then one of them had a little conscience. And he said to the others, it's not right for us to just not tell anybody. So they went and they told, sent word to the king that there was abundance out there. And the king says, we're not sure. This could be a trick. And so he sent out some scouts to check it out. When they checked it out, they came back with a word, it is true. And before you know it, the people went out and plundered the place and they were selling things exactly cheap and there was abundance just like the prophet Elijah says. Let me tell you something my friend. When God says something you got to believe what God says. Give him praise this morning. Don't just sit with your circumstances. You know we've been talking about breakthrough and you remember what Chip Ingram said. Breakthrough doesn't occur by you just sitting and waiting for something to happen. Breakthrough comes by you taking action and then trusting God to work. You got to do something. And so this is what happened. So they, they had victory. And then you remember. It is said that there are three kinds of people in the world. Those who are waiting for things to happen. Those who make things happen. And those who ask, what happened? I want to say to you this morning, become somebody that make things happen. Are you ready for that? Make things happen in 2018. Amen? Be that person. Turn to somebody that said, make things happen. So the first thing that Jonathan did was Jonathan, in spite of the odds, in spite of the overwhelming odds that was against them, 
He didn't just sit there and accept his situation. He decided to take action. And so he says he did, he took action. And the second thing that Jonathan did, he said, perhaps God will be with us. And then he made a statement. He said, because God can give the victory with many or few. So the second thing that Jonathan did that we can learn from this morning, he had confidence in the power of the Almighty. You've got to have confidence in God. Do you have strong confidence in God's power to deliver you? The only thing that Jonathan and his armor bearer had was their faith. They didn't have any guarantees. He says, perhaps, but I know what God can do. Hallelujah. Do you know what God can do? It's not just quoting that for all things are possible with God. It's really believing it. They took action and stepped out in faith. If you believe God is able to do the impossible, you got to start moving in that direction and act as if you know that he's going to do it. If you believe God is going to make the change, you got to prepare for the change. Somebody was, one lady couldn't have a baby. And they, you know, they, for many years they tried to have a child and they couldn't have Somebody said, if you really want to have a child, guess what? You got to prepare for the child. So I'm, send, I'm sending you a crib. They sent them a crib. Then they said, oh, if we're going to have a child, we better get the room ready. So they start decorating the room for the child and preparing for the child. Guess what happened? Not very long after they've done finished preparing the room, they got pregnant. My friends, you see, you've got to prepare if you really believe God. God is waiting for you to act to show, I believe God is going to turn around my situation. So here's what I'm going to do because I know he's going to change the situation. And maybe you're going through something this morning and you need to act, take action. Have confidence in God. If you remember David and Goliath, David replied to the Philistine, he says, you, Goliath was towering over David, towering over him. No chance, this little ruddy boy with not even an armor on him. All he had was a little slingshot and a stone, a couple of stones. And when, when Goliath looked at him, he, he felt insulted. You come to me like you think I'm a dog? You don't, you don't even come with anything. He says, well, I'll tell you what I come with you. He says, you come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come in the name of the Lord of heaven's army. He knew in which he was coming. David knew that he was relying on God. Can I tell you, my friend, if you read the scriptures over and over again, you will see that God delights when you, del when you rely on him. He delights when you brag about him what he's going to do. You've got to brag about what God is going to do in your situation. You've got to tell your co-worker, my God is going to make a way for me. My God is going to provide for me. My God, brag about God. Your God is awesome. He's awesome. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above 
all that we ask or even think. So brag about him. He doesn't mind you putting him to the test. And don't be afraid to say, well, that's what my God is going to do. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to make a way for me. Oh, praise God, somebody. Give him praise this morning. How about Gideon? God delights in proving himself and making it known that he is the one with the power and to receive the glory. Because sometimes we try to think it is us. We think it's our acumen, our, our smarts, and our, our wisdom, and our ability, and we're so good at this, and we're so, we're so, and we pat ourselves, and God is looking and saying, oh, if they only knew. If they only knew what I did in order for them to succeed that way. And so God, you remember the time when Gideon had all these hundreds, thousands of men with him to fight the battle, and God says, whittle it down to 3,000, and he went to 3,000, and Gideon, and God says, too much. Another vast army. And he says, okay, I want you to do. Go down to the river and separate. I want to separate them. And he says, the one that you see that, that, that kneel down and take the water and scoop it up nicely and drink from it, send them home. But you see the one that kneel down and do this? And lick that water flowing and drink it up. That's the one I want you to keep. Guess how many of those? There are only 300 of those. And I can imagine Gideon is thinking, 300? What am I going to do with 300? And then God gives an instruction which even gets it worse. He says, I want you to get some pitcher. And I want you to put light in it. I want you to march out with that. And then I also want you to put a trumpet. So now guess what? Both hands are occupied. One with the trumpet. One with the pitcher. You know what you have? No, nothing left? No fighting arm. And so they march out in the night and God gave them a strategy. And they surround the place and are all around and they're on the hilltop. And then God says at a certain time when you hear the trumpet blow, you want everybody to break that jar and shout. And with that, they did. And confusion came among the enemy and they start. I don't know, I don't know how, how, it has to be a God thing. How do you start killing one another? How, how do you do that? You all know each other as an army. You're all on one side. They're over there. And then you turn and start killing, fighting each other and killing each other. That's a God thing. Only God. Can you give him praise this morning? Only God. Do you know what the Bible says in Psalm 33, 16? It says, no king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. You know, even though you, that stallion is riding into the battle and you think it's a strong stallion that has the strength to endure and you have your nice sword and thing, God is saying, it's still me. It's all me. 
My friend, every victory, every progress, every advancement in life, everything that we would think, look at what I've done, look at how good I am, it's all Him. Can you give Him glory this morning for what He's done? Another translation says, the best equipped army cannot save a king. But great strength is not enough to save anyone. A war horse is poor risk for winning victories. It is strong, but it cannot save. So Jonathan and his armor bearer went over to the Philistine camp. And then Jonathan, he did something that is strange. You know, when God is using you to do something and he is with you, you're going to do some things that you don't even understand why you're doing it. He says to his armor bearer, what we're going to do is, it's only two of us. And it's plenty, many of them. But they have an outpost over there with many men over there. What we're going to do is that they're up on the hill and we're down in the valley. But I tell you what we're going to do. We're not going to go by the element of surprise. We're going to go over there and show ourselves. That's the, that's the worst military strategy you ever hear of. He says, we're going to show ourselves. And, and, and if they say to us, stay there and don't come up, then we won't go. But if they say, come up, up top to us here and we'll teach you a lesson then that means we must go. Now, you must understand. If they stay down there and these people are coming, they're going to expend all the energy coming down, so they'll be going to be weaker than you, so you could wait on them. If I have to climb up the mountain to them, I'm going to spend a lot of energy to get up there, and by the time I get up there, I may be tired, and they'll be weaker than them. But that's the one Jonathan chose. Because I think he's been led by God. Because you know what? When God is going to give the victory, he puts you in a situation that is beginning to declare that it's not you. He puts you in a situation that you realize your resources are limited. You can't help yourself. you got to better know that it is me. And so Jonathan, when he, Jonathan go on, he exposed himself to them. And here's what it, the, 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 the Philistine says. Oh, look at it. The Hebrews are coming out of their caves. Ha, 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 ha. We're going to get them. And then, they said, and then they said to them, oh, Come up to us. We'll teach you a lesson. Jonathan says to his armor bearer, that means God has delivered them in our hands. He says, we're going up because that's what God said. And so they went up. They climbed up, the two of them. And the Bible says that they climbed up. They started to use their, what the little they have. And they killed 20 men in a short time. Now, you know something? 20 men is not anything compared to the thousands. You know, just as they were killing those men, the Bible said, God sent a panic into the camp with the millions of them. And not only did he send a panic, but he started an earthquake. And the people, and, 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 and in the panic, they, 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 the Bible says, they began, they don't know what to do. They turned on one another. And they start killing each other again. And then some are running in different directions and running everywhere and running everywhere. And before you know it, 
they, the, the, Saul's men that were looking out, the few that he had, looking out to see what was happening, they start saying to Saul, the men are going, the army is scattering, the army is running away, something is happening, something is wrong. And Saul says, check everybody, see who is missing, is there somebody from over? And then he found out only two men were missing, Jonathan and his armor bearer. And he saw the enemy scattering, and he says, we got to go after them. And they started chasing him, and he blew the horn, and everybody who was in their caves came out. And everybody that was in hiding came out and started chasing. And they chased the Philistines and defeated them because God had sent a panic among them. But I tell you, my friends, you never experience that miracle if you never first took an action. It all starts with you deciding to do something. You're in a situation right now, you can't just sit back and wait for things to change. You got to take action. You got to do something about it. You got to bring about a change somewhere. And so it is that because of that, God backs him up. And then he, he declares that he says, perhaps God will help us. And what happened? Exactly what happened. God helped them. And they rooted the enemy. But there's a third thing that Jonathan did. That is so important. And that relates to something that happened that the worship team did this morning. And as I was thinking about ending this message. And I said, God, how am I going to end this? And when he remains silent, I know he has a plan. And I came this morning and he gave the plan. You see. The third thing that Jonathan did that is so important, my friends, is Jonathan not only took action, he not only demonstrated courage to take action, he not only had confidence in the Almighty, in the power of God, but you know what Jonathan did that is so important? He confessed the outcome he wanted. He said, perhaps, he said to the armor bearer when they said, he says, come, let's go up, because God has delivered them into our hands. Now remember, they haven't reached up to the top of the hill yet to, to fight any battle. They haven't touched one man yet, but he began to confess, God has delivered them. My friends, you have to remember, I think a lot of people cut off their victory with their mouth. You speak evil of your own situation. You deny yourself victory many times when somebody says, how is it going? Oh, my dear. I don't know what am I going to do. This whole knee won't get better. This thing has just been bothering me. It's like a mountain in my back. I can't get rid of it. But it's a long time you've been talking about. I know it's a long time, but I don't know what else to do. I mean, this thing is just plaguing me. And we go on and on and on and on and confess the negative and confess the negative and speak the negative and speak the negative. And we forget one thing that we seem to say, but we don't practice. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. So Jonathan says, God has delivered them into our hands, even before he touched one soldier. He's already declaring the desired outcome. What are you looking for in 2018? 
You know you got to declare the desired outcome. And you know what happened this morning? They gave us a song. And God says, that's my ending. I'm expecting great things. How many body? Is anybody here expecting great things in 2018? I'm expecting great things. I want us to raise that song. We got to raise that song. Stand together with me. We're raising that song. I'm expecting great things. You got to declare it. You got to speak it. You got to pronounce it. It says great things in my home. Great things all around me. Great things are done for me. You are expecting great things. Hallelujah. I'm expecting great things in 2018. And I'm going to declare it in the name of the Lord. I'm going to speak it out because death and life is in the power of the tongue. If you're expecting great things, don't be afraid to say it. Don't be afraid to sing it. Don't be afraid to declare it over your home, over your job, wherever you are. I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting great things. Come on with me now. I'm expecting great things.
relationship with God. See, Jonathan knew God in a personal way. He didn't know about God. He knew God. He had a relationship with God. And that's why he was able to say, he is able to deliver with few or many. God is able to turn around your situation, whether it's just you alone or nobody else with you. God is able to change your circumstance. There is nothing that God can't handle for your life today. And there are some people here this morning that I know that you need a breakthrough. You need God to give you that breakthrough. And for you, this is not just a song. For you, this is a testimony and a prayer. I'm expecting great things. So we're going to sing it again. And as we sing it, I want you, those of you that are saying, Pastor, this is not just a song for me. This is, is going to be a testimony for me. I'm expecting great things. And then you're going to step out and come. And you're going to say, God, I'm coming up because I am expecting great things in 2018. This is what I believe in God for. I'm expecting great things. Oh, yeah.
expecting great things because like Jonathan, we believe that you can give the victory with few or with many. Like Jonathan, we have confidence in who you are. That you are the God of the impossible. That you are the God who works miracles. That you are the God who will turn things around and change your circumstances. So we confess today. We confess with confidence relying on you. We are expecting great things. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody's expecting a healing touch in their body. Great thing. Somebody's expecting to have a spouse. Great thing. Somebody's expecting a change in your job situation. Great thing. Somebody's expecting a turnaround situation in their home. Great thing. Somebody's expecting a miracle in their marriage. Great thing. Whatever is the expectation, whatever is the circumstance, we're expecting great things because we believe in a great God. It's because of who he is. It's because that he's the great and awesome God. And he can do great things. Things beyond what we can imagine or think. So today, Lord, we declare one more time. Say to me, I am expected great things in 2018. Hallelujah. 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 I feel it. I believe it. I like it. Eyes have not seen, but I choose to believe it. Great thing. Great thing. Great thing. And don't let the devil rob you of it he will try to rob you of it. But every time you this new situation, you says, Lord, I'm expected great things. Hallelujah. A change is coming. A turnaround is coming. Great things. Hallelujah. Give him praise again. Give him glory. Woo. What an awesome God. my friend, you get to need to know him today. You don't know Jesus. You've been drifting. I wanted this is your time. This is a wonderful opportunity for you to draw near to God and re restore that relationship or make that relationship new. That he can do great things in your life. Because you can't fake it. You believe it because you have that relationship with him. When you have that relationship with him, you know deep down in your spirit you can feel that connection and you know that you know there is going to be great things. So before we leave here this morning, is there somebody? You said, Pastor, I want great things, but I need to establish or reestablish that relationship. I want to pray for you first. Is there somebody else? 
I want to pray for you. Is there somebody like that in this place today? Raise your hand. Nothing to be ashamed of. You need that. That relationship with God is what's going to make the difference. And you're saying, God, I need that. If you need that, I want you to slip out of your seat and come right down here right now. I need you to slip out of your seat and come because I want to pray a special prayer for you. You are saying, God, I'm renewing that commitment to you today. I'm renewing my commitment to you today. And if you've never made it, this is your chance to make that commitment. If you've never done so before, don't leave here today because great things can happen in your life. Why miss out on the great thing? This is your chance. This is your chance. Young person, middle-aged person, older person, doesn't matter who you are. We're giving you a chance to come just before we pray. You're saying, God, I don't want to miss out on the great thing. And I want to establish that. I want you to know that I'm committed to that relationship with you. Because I believe in you for great things in 2018. My friend, it's the relationship that makes the difference. Jonathan didn't know about God. He knew him personally. He knew what God could do because of the relationship with God. You need that connection. Don't let anything fool you. You need that connection not sure today that that connection is firm that you're anchored to that this is your chance this is your moment don't let the enemy tell you another time another day this is the day the water is troubled and when the water is troubled it's a time that you need to move are you expecting great things? Then you show God that you are. You say, God, I'm determined. I'm determined to maintain this relationship that I can experience great things. I believe there's some people on the fence and you're trying to say, not, not, not another time, but no, no, there is a presence right now. There is a moment, there's a season. Don't miss out. Don't miss out because you didn't take action. This is a moment to take action. Seize the opportunity right now that God's given you. There is a moving of the Spirit at this moment. This is your chance to slip out. I believe there's some more that need to slip out of your seat. And the Spirit of God is causing me to linger and to wait for you. So come off the fence. And just come on down. Say, God, I'm committed. I'm committed. I'm committed because I want great things. What's holding you back? What's holding you back? That relationship is critical. I'm going to ask it one more time. 
then your blood will be on your head. If you know the Spirit of God has spoken to you and you didn't move. One more time. You know you need to do the right thing. You want to make sure that that relationship is right. I'm going to say to you, slip on your seat and come right now. Father, I want you to hold hands together. There's a commonality here. Come to you. Hold hands. You're making it together. Father God, you see these that have come to the altar today. And I know that you're looking down on them right now. And you know them more than they even know themselves. You are the one who formed them. You're the one who fashioned them. You're the one who sent them to earth on a mission. And there are great things to be done in their lives. Not only great things that they would expect, but great things that you have for them. God, I present them to you today, each one, as they look to 2018. They're saying to you this morning, God, I'm making a commitment. I'm firming up my relationship with you so that 2018, I will experience great things. Lord, I want you to record them right now. Put them in your book. Take special note of them. I release your divine blessing upon them. I ask you to bless them more than they expect, more than they anticipated, more than they would have assumed when they stood. When they got out of their seat to come down, they thought it was just ordinary. But right now, you're going to release from heaven a supernatural blessing in their lives, God. That they'll never be the same again. That they'll be marked by you. And that you would order their steps and direct their path. And they would experience great things. I commend them to you today. And I thank you that you do hear and answer prayer. For we ask it in Jesus' name. And you want the altar say, Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Praise God.
But as I prayed, the Spirit is really going to do something unusual for you. Others are going to look and they're going to envy you. What God is going to do in your life. You mark my word. You can put it in your diary today. When you go home, put it in your diary that God is going to work unusually special in my life. And you watch it unfold. Because he honored what you did today. There are some others that should be here, but they chose not to stay. And I'm going to declare, it's your loss. Know who you are. Not everybody. It's who the one spirit has spoken to. And you didn't move. You missed that. You're great. See, there's a time when I tell you, if I tell you there's a stirring of the water, there really is. You don't hear me say that very often. I'm not one of those preachers that mimic and say things to get gimmick and do stuff. If I tell you something, it means that I know what is happening right there. There's a moment. There was a moment. And if you did not, I don't want to tell you what the Spirit told me. I don't need to tell you what the Spirit telling me about because of what you did. You didn't move. You must remember in the Bible that the key is obedience. And whoever is standing here at the time, it's not the person. Is that God respects that office at that moment. And when that person speaks, that's what God stands with. So you weren't coming to me if you thought that was the case. But just like how you've read in the Bible where people missed out on their opportunity because they didn't walk in obedience. He said me to tell you, some of you have missed out. Because you know when he said, when I lingered that long and I kept going and I kept going and I kept going, it's because he was trying to give you a chance to get to get, expect great things. Some people have missed out on the great things. I don't know. God is a God of mercy. And he may give you another chance. Because I know how he is. He's merciful. But you've missed out on some. I don't know what he's going to do here. Because I don't plan these things. I wait for the Spirit to guide me and to tell me. You don't ever see me do gimmicks and all kinds of stuff. I only do what the Spirit tells me to do. So I recommend to you suggest something for you to do and you really know that you need something I suggest that you do if you read the scriptures over and over again many have missed out because they didn't think that they should move at that time the interesting thing I just preached and taking action I'm feeling in my spirit I, 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 I'm not, he's not showing me who you are 
But I'm feeling in my spirit with a disappointment that you missed out on expecting great things. And I'm sorry I have to say this, but I, I'm just telling you, because God is grieved, and he's grieving through me. He's grieving through me right now because he knows what he wanted to do for you, that he spoke to. Not everybody. He spoke to some of you that didn't move. And you know who you are. And this is just a lesson to learn. There's a, there's a moment when God is speaking and you want to move because you don't want to miss out. I'm wrestling if I should tell you what other thing he says. I'm just trying to wait to see the Spirit says, don't say you to be merciful. I ask you like the children of Israel that you wanted to lift up and bless so that the world around them would see when a people walk in obedience how you would bless them. That you will do so with these here and the elders. That others will see Walk in obedience what God does. And for those, God, that you've spoken to, but didn't I ask you for mercy and grace? Because you are a gracious God. And you're a God of a second chance. So I ask you to remember me. Our Father, we thank you for what you've done today. We thank you for speaking to all of us. You've spoken to me through your word. And I receive your word, God. Help me to know to take action. To have complete confidence in who you are. And to confess the desired outcome. Lord, as we leave this place, send forth your blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Together we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord ever and ever. Amen. God bless.